0: Welcome to Gay Ambitions with your host, Paul Collinton, featuring inspiring entrepreneurs and advocates sharing success stories and actionable career advice, bringing out the best in the business and the LGBT community. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download today and 30 day free trial at www.gabookclub.com. That's www.gabookclub.com. If you're like me, you probably like to listen to books as well as podcasts, and there's over 180,000 titles to choose from with Audible for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Thank you for your patience as it took some time to get GA going again. What I love about this project is getting to meet people and how they share their wisdom and inspire us. In this episode, I sat down with Joe Hawkins and Jeff Myers, who are the co-founders of the Oakland LGBTQ Community Center. They share the story of how they started this venture and what they're doing for the community. They also talk about the best career advice they've learned over the years. What I also found really fascinating is the story that Joe shares about getting a phone call from none other but oprah winfrey and going on her show imagine oprah calling you directly hope you enjoy this episode and have a great day welcome to gay ambitions where we bring out the best in business and the community joe and jeff thank you guys for being here with me today it's a delight to be able to sit down with you in your office or my office (laughs) whatever your office is so
1: cute paul
0: Thank you. Mm -hmm. I have some of the gay I see
1: your your magazine work on the wall. It's really nice. You're pretty. It's pretty impressive. Paul, you've created a nice little space for yourself here. Thank
0: you, and so have you. I'm so excited to be kind of partnering with you guys here at the center. So I wanted to ask, what are you aiming to accomplish with the center. You guys have a lot of inspiring things that are going on, but what are your goals for the center and how do you measure that success?
1: Jeff uh, is our board president and he is the co-founder of the center. And I am the executive director and the co-founder of the center. You know, the, the goal of the center is pretty basic. Yeah. It's like we want to provide a safe space for the LGBTQ community here in Oakland. You know, Oakland of the major cities in the state of California was the only city without a center. It's bizarre. It's a major city. It's one of the biggest cities in the state and one of the largest cities in the country. Yeah. And we didn't have a center. It was also one of the cities back in the day that didn't have a pride, which you helped start. That's true, that's true. Years ago, there used to be a, a pride called East Bay Pride. And uh, it went away, to be perfectly honest. The, the guy took the money and ran. And um, so once, there used to be a city councilman named Danny Wan, He was actually Oakland's first out gay public official. And he created a, a group called the Rainbow Roundtable. And so we would go to City Hall, meet with him, come up with ideas, and we came up with East Bay Pride. This guy ran it, and then he absconded with the money. And so we it went away, and then Rebecca Kaplan yeah. was elected. The city council. Yeah, and the city council person. And she said, okay, we need to do this. Let's come back together and figure out where, where are we as a community. And she said, we need to bring East Bay Pride back. And so I said, I'm not interested in East Bay Pride. I want to start, I'll start Oakland Pride. I'm willing to help with Oakland Pride. And so people who were in that room agreed and, and then I just got busy. And that's now Oakland Pride is, is amazing pride. Yeah. And then it's very diverse. And I'm not a part of Oakland Pride anymore. I was the co-chair for about three years, maybe close to three years and I left and worked in community, but Jeff worked with Oakland Pride for uh, almost Almost six years, maybe five years as the volunteer coordinator. Nice. So did you want to say anything about that? Or kind of what led you from that to this maybe?
2: Well, that led me from there because they, just like Jogan mentioned to you that, you know, he was a co-founder, but they also had a mission and they wanted to uh, eventually facilitate or create a, a center that never materialized. And I, you know, the type of person, I listened to this and being a volunteer coordinator, I was at the gate collecting money and people were asking, where's this money going? Is it, you know, going toward the center one day? And we were telling them, yes, one day we'll have a center, hopefully. But it never happened, and so you know I was talking to people around the community, you know, some leaders, and asking them questions about how we can get something like this started. Even went to and, San
1: Francisco.
2: Yeah, I went to there. the LGBT center in San Francisco. I actually talked to Rebecca Wolf there, and and some of her leaders, and asking about how could we get something like this started, and you know, things were some things are flu- Buy me a satellite place, you know, or just starting like something. Like a remote office or yeah. something. Yeah. And so and just huh. to get to information. So and when I saw Joe, because it was all in my mind, and actually I talked to this a couple of leaders here in Oakland before then and it was, it was trying to get together have like a round table of discussion. And then I brought it up to Joe and Joe said, You know, people can talk a lot. You know, people say, you know, we've been through all this before, talking, have conversations about things happening and, and
1: I I think the yeah, number one thing from that I got from Jeff was that he had gone to different places. Mm -hmm. San Francisco was not negative about anything. They were willing to, they were like, you know, it's kind of like, yeah, maybe we can can help you move on. Here in this city, if you look at the press history about the Pride's efforts to open a center, you'll see where they said, uh, they went in two different directions. They once said, oh, that's a long-term goal. Mm-hmm. And the other direction was, we never, that was never a goal. Yeah. And so it's like in print, it's like in, in digital form. And after seeing that, I was very pissed. And uh, when Jeff came to me and said, Joe, uh, and you know I was walking down the street to, I tell this story a billion <laughs> times, I, was, I live in Adams Point here in uh, the Lake area, and I was walking down the street to Whole Foods, you live on the don't, same don't judge me, I was going to Whole Foods <laughs> to eat, which is right down the street. And so he was. He lives down the street from me, so he waved at me and said, Joe, let's talk. I went over to talk to him and he was, I, I don't know, I got the feeling that Jeff did not want to say it to me, mm-hmm. Joe, let's start a center. Or he didn't know how to say it. So I basically kind of cut to the chase and said, What do you want? And then he said, Joe, we need to start a center. When he would, he, you know, after the Trump election and, uh, you know, all the stuff that that brought up over the, during the the election, not during the uh, primaries, when he said it, it was almost like someone just grabbed my heart. And that, but I was I had to help him to understand I said Jeff if, is this rated R or what? Uh,
0: just say whatever you
1: want okay, and I will you edit any, anything out that okay. you guys are uncomfortable with or that okay. it doesn't fit the so, criteria but it should be fine So uh, you know I, I was walking down the street and Jeff br- brought me over and then he said hey let's we, we need to start this and I said and he told me some of the people he talked to I was like Jeff they're they're not gonna do anything. We have to do it. And I said you have the passion. I have the passion. That's what's what it's gonna take. Mm-hmm. And so I and then Jeff said, well, I'm I'm in. I, whatever we have to do, to do it, I'll do it. I said, okay, let's go. So was it almost partly Trump that was inspiring you to take action? For me I mean, I have personally, heard that from other people. For me, yeah. Personally, so I have to honestly say, for me. He was the kick in the butt that I needed. Jeff I was... For me,
2: both. Yeah. It, was not,
1: it was partly Trump,
2: but also partly because we needed a center. Yeah. And we've had so many people I've talked to would go to the city, what we call it San Francisco. It was, so going to the city, we know that means San Francisco, or they go going to Berkeley for resources. And we have a huge gay community over here. So that was partly both because we need the center and because of Trump.
1: And I think that too, Jeff, yeah. Oakland has been in the shadow of San Francisco forever. Yeah. And now that gentrification has made Oakland a haven for the people who have been sort of displaced out of San Francisco, mm-hmm. you have this even larger uh, gay population yeah. in Oakland. And p- every time you tell people that there is no center in Oakland before we opened, mm-hmm. they would say, "Really? How is that possible?" Yeah, in the state of California, there were approximately twenty five centers. Even in small places like Berkeley and Oakland didn't have one. So now when we opened it and uh, everything kind of happened in quick succession, it was like we opened it in June, we incorporated in June, we found this place, July. In July, July, we were looking for co sharing places. Yeah, I
0: wanted to ask you, how did you come into this space? Because oh, wow. you are in the most beautiful part of town. <laughs> this is where I wanted to move when I first moved to Oakland. Oh, wow. And yeah. all the restaurants, all the I LGBT know. friendly businesses,
1: yeah. and all the queer people around and the, the lake. the lake, it's yeah. Residential. Well, I think. Jeff and I had we had, had, had,
2: had breakfast. Um, this, this was like before we even months
1: thought three about three opening three months prior the time. center. We just happened to be take a selfie. Jeff and I, months before, and mm-hmm. the in this place was With the, the backdrop. Wow. <laughs> so, but that's not what happened. Yeah. But it was definitely you know, in hindsight is very interesting. But Jeff and I, we uh, we I was looking for a place. I said, Jeff, we got to find a place that we can afford we maybe a co-sharing space and then so i went to impact hub are you familiar with that? yeah, yeah absolutely yeah, one of my mentors space. actually post shop there oh wow so we were going we went there i went there and i was like no this is not going to work yeah uh, it's pretty
0: small it's right not, and they don't have
1: individual exactly and you, yeah. we wouldn't be able to Sort of brand ourselves as a center yeah. there. So I went to some places downtown Oakland, and it was, uh, you know, you would have to go through like a, a office building, and you you might we would have like a little thing on the door that says Oakland LGBT Center. Yeah, it it just so I was that day I was actually exhausted, and I was feeling like. Wow, this is going to be a monster because the cost to rent in Oakland now is through the roof. Yes. And so I just came over here to get a sandwich, and then I said I I had to pay my T-Mobile bill, which is T-Mobile is below us. Not for long. And I did <laughs> <laughs> it's coming, everyone. But then I looked <laughs> up and I saw this sign that said Community, and I thought, Wow, this is a this is probably a shared. and I didn't even pay my bill. I went right upstairs, and the the, the, the guy who worked for a Community was so welcoming. And I came in, and I said, you know, we want to start a center, and we, want to, we need a co-sharing space. He said, well, we're a co-sharing space. And they didn't have a bunch of renters here at that time. And then so we... And so I gave him my card, and I walked downstairs, and I remember I got outside, I called him at work. I just think I kept calling him, I kept, I didn't want to text him, and I was, I had tears in my eyes. And I said, Jeff, I found the center. And it started out as a smaller space than it is yeah, today. Right? Well what, what we had was uh, again substance. again, this <laughs> is what, this was a co sharing space. right So there were many there weren't many they had a lot of empty spaces, but all the downstairs offices were full with other tenants and we had one office upstairs. so that was our center. and then um, it was an office this size? Yes. Yeah. Jeff um, and I shared yeah. it. We had, he had a desk over there, and I had a desk. Gotcha. Over there. And then we, and mind you, we're only five months yeah, open. Yeah, yeah. So this has been happening kind of quickly. And so Jeff, um, he did some things without my knowledge because he has more money than I have. And uh, <laughs> so he went and talked with her. We had talked with her about renting the big room. Right. And when we didn't even know we would have that option. And so she did rent it, but then... Okay, I'm not going to go into that yet. And so we started renting different spaces. So we then ended up with three spaces. The big room for our flags to go on the window. And then we learned why she was renting everything. Like places that should have been common spaces. Places here in a co-sharing space that people would need for hotspots spots or, right. you know, whatever. And we we she asked us if we wanted to take it over. And when she asked us, I said, yes. And then Jeff was looking like, Joe, we can't take this over. <laughs> but I was like, I just wanted to, I was just wanted to bait her and see, why would she say that to us? Yeah. And so, I, we, we were like, we need to talk, we need to talk to the owner we need to find out what's really going on. So I contacted him. I mean, I, I went downstairs to t and said, do you know the owners? They're like, yeah, here, here's this car, here's his email. They gave me everything. <laughs> <laughs> so I emailed him, and then he called me maybe 20 minutes later and said, Joe, do you know what happens? He, no, he said, Joe, what happens when people don't pay their rent? I said, so she's being evicted? He said, yes, and she has a very short amount of time to come up with a lot of money. And uh, and I said, well, we don't want to be evicted. I said, how can we have this lease? Yeah. And he said, uh, let me check a few things and I'll get back with you. And then he got back with me and he said, okay, Joe, I looked at your website, I looked at what you're doing, and he said, by the way, one of my... Friends, someone he knows in community, uh, had come here, and they were greeted so warmly, and and he said, said, I'm going to tell you, you guys have something good going, and it's yours to refuse. And that's how we took over. Amazing.
0: And this is entirely funded by the community at this point, right? How did you
1: go about getting all that together? That's incredible. Well, here's one thing. I've lived in Oakland for... 30 plus years and I raised my son here you know I've been in community here I'm one of the founders of Welcome Pride He's a, he was the person who organized and mobilized hundreds of volunteers so we had that connection so right. we knew right. how to get the word out and once we got the word out we got the press we were on every television everything the advocate interviewed everyone was yeah. was talking to us and that and then the community wanted it. Yeah. And uh, we started putting our A-frames out, and and they just started coming. Right now, we're almost at about 600 registered volunteers. It's incredible. Uh, in five months, almost, we're over 2,000 people coming in here. Our volunteers coordinate services for people, like people who are in trouble. They coordinate services for them. But then again, we also have all these fun activities People come here, we have voguing class, we have meditation, we drag have shows. yoga, drag show fundraiser that happens every second Saturday. Um, there's so much going on here. We are now, We I put out a, um, an email blast for offices that you responded to. Yeah. Even though I had not met you before, but when I put that out, I was inundated. Yeah, you were the first. Yeah, like you were the first person. Well, you
0: had told me about it when you gave me the
1: tour. Yeah, and then I saw. Oh, her, I said, you we know, have offices for rent. You did,
0: it. and I was like, I have to jump on this. Well, now.
1: Paul, you were the first. <laughs> you are our first. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But Paul was the first to respond to that, and then after that, the floodgates opened. Yeah. So right now we're full, and uh, that happened in two weeks. So, this location, it is about location, location, yeah. location. And uh, we're just fortunate. We're very happy. We're excited. But we have to raise a lot of money. Yeah. And we have we've, lots of corporations have come through here. We're, we're just now getting into the cycle for funding because that set when we opened. That was the end of the cycle yeah. for funding. And the only thing we could depend on was community and the holidays. In the holidays. Yeah. yeah. So people are more benevolent. You know, they give more. Write it off for your taxes. <laughs> <laughs> the year the, is ending. Yeah, yeah give, it, give it off during the end. And so I think now some people think we've been here forever.
2: <laughs> we operate like that a lot of people have made comments like that well, it could looks, you say yeah, that could you say that
1: again Jeff so that we can make sure <laughs> that they heard it
2: no because we operate like we've been here forever and that's why people see that they see all the programs they see all the volunteers they see that we're actively doing things all the time mm-hmm. And we're doing outreach. I mean me and Joe have been doing outreach to the community, to the colleges, to high schools. And I actually have our outreach this weekend at the Promise Market. So
1: and the, and the Commonwealth Church. Club of San Francisco. Yeah. And we get invited to the ACLU. We get invited we'll be at City Hall mm-hmm. this Saturday. The minute, the no, no, next Tuesday. Tuesday. Next, Tuesday. Mm-hmm. next Tuesday. So the community is inviting us to be um, to tell our story. Because, you know, it's one thing to have a passion to open a center, but it's another thing to be able to keep it open. And to
0: sustain it, exactly. that's true. And so I understand that you have met with the executive directors and board of directors of other centers, and you've learned a lot of best practices from their advice and from mm -hmm. some of their failures. That's true. I'm curious
1: if you can share that. We hosted a policy meeting here, and the... Creator of oh, Mag, the Mag, yeah, thing. we created the Magnet. Uh, the guy who created the Magnet Center in San Francisco, I, uh, he came. Mm-hmm. One, the executive director of the uh, Rainbow, Rainbow Community, Community Center, Center. Okay. the one of the founders of the San Francisco LGBTQ Center, came, and I've also met with the. F- Executive Director of the San Francisco LGBTQ Center and we're already in partnership with the Pacific Center, which is the third oldest queer center in America. So all I think because we are we come from community a long history of community we're able to sort of connect into connect the dots easier and um, and people know That Oakland, the most ethnically diverse city in America, our city is about the size population of Miami and Atlanta. To not have a center in a city of that population is just wrong. And I think opening those doors, people were just running. They were waiting. They were running. Now we just added NA groups, Uh, we have NA. AA and meth addict uh, recovery groups. So it's like it's just sort of happening. We have a a funder who has invited us to submit a grant for up to a million dollars. And we're going through that process. And we're going to be demanding (laughs) that the city uh, give us money at the city council meeting next
2: next tuesday
1: tuesday and uh, even though they say well there are lots of nonprofits well there are no queer nonprofit right. so we're we that's the difference uh, between us and them um you know, we're we're a hub of LGBTQ activities,
0: so. I love it, and I love your message of wellness in the LGBT community, whether yeah. it be a support group or education More or- financial something as simple planning. as yoga. Financial planning, yoga. so
1: important. We've, just now, last night I was working with some of the volunteers on the eight dimensions of wellness. And so now we're putting together this plan or a schedule of activities that is based on the eight dimensions of wellness. Interesting. So what people will see is the wellness model. And then, for example, if it says mental health, then you'll see what is here, that's around mental health. If it says social, then you'll see under that, what is here for your social to keep you connected socially? Uh, where you you know, clubs and bars are great. But we, we can't just have that. Right. People need other options in the community. If it's family, if it's whatever, so we're, we've been plugging all of our activities under those categories for wellness. And I looked at it the other day, last night after we did it, and I, I thought, wow. This is actually like what people, agencies who have millions of dollars have that, yeah, they, they, or they want that, yeah. And they we're a they, and we just started. So, and that's another thing I love, Paul. I'm glad you used that term, startup. I used to work in tech in the '90s, and there's a different energy when things are new. Yeah, when you're a startup, it's like. All of the options are open.
0: Yeah. Like I brought you an idea the other day, and you were like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. No red tape. It's like, if I mean, Joe signs off, yeah. it's going to happen. I,
1: that, are you sure I said that? And I like, oh, that <laughs> shit is crazy. <laughs> you know? No, I didn't say that. But yeah, and that's what I love about it. We have the flexibility. Yeah. You know, yes, when you get government funding, then you and find yourself in a box right right now we're showing people what's possible yeah and so by showing people what what's possible then government agencies, keep, agencies can see that and say well we wouldn't have funded that but maybe now we should will you talk a little bit about this youth outreach
0: specifically that you guys have in in the center i know that you have, are building a library for the youth, yes. and you are for all of us, for everyone. Yeah. But you have some schools that come here specifically yeah, yeah, to yeah. visit you, right? They do, yeah. yeah. Jeff, you want to talk about the
1: outreach? We've been doing? Well,
2: we've been doing some outreach recently. We went to Holy Name School, and we talked to the Catholic. Well, I mean, it's a Catholic, Catholic, Catholic school. is a Catholic school, all girls school, and I just found <coughs> it out recently, but it was a great, wonderful visit. And it um,
1: what's beautiful about it was, that particular outreach was that. It's a Catholic school. Yeah. And they created an initiative called uh, We're With LGBTQ. That's awesome. So these are high school students who created this initiative. Mm-hmm. We're, so, we're so excited that the center was here uh, mm-hmm. and and adopted us of sorts. And they literally came back and brought us gift baskets and uh-huh. everything. So it's pretty powerful. But Jeff is, I call Jeff the outreach king. Yeah. <laughs> and Fern is Fern is volunteer
2: coordinator, yeah.
1: And so we so, we went
2: to we Oakland went, Tech. we went to Oakland Tech, we went to um, Mills College, Wayne <coughs> College. Yeah. Actually being um um Request to come back to Mills College. Mm-hmm. But um, those are the agencies we hit. I mean, just like you said, we get these requests. We don't actually go out there and look for They know about the center and they want to come and talk to them. The, actually, the middle school, this is a, high, a middle school right here um, mm-hmm. Lake Lakeview. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they came and a couple of the young kids want yeah, to. They, they get tours. Oh, yeah. Um,
1: yeah. So, yeah.
2: And they actually want us to come talk to them. Eventually, to set at the time that we do that.
1: So, and even our logo. I mean, we have been, has we have been so fortunate to have a huge transgender youth. Com- we've attracted a large trans youth population, and our logo is even created by a transgender yeah. person uh, for the center. So you know, the the youth we're getting is across the board. This is a very young organization comp- I mean you uh, the participants are young um, some centers have more older populations mm-hmm. that go there or, or very elderly populations the, the average age here is about 32 33 of mm-hmm. participants gotcha. and so it definitely is connecting with the sort of um, what is your generation again Gen Y yeah yeah, those people. Yeah, those. <laughs>
0: people. <laughs> so going way back to when you guys like were in grade school, in junior high, and high school, what what inspired you to get involved with the LGBT community or start this very important work? Because if you hadn't, we wouldn't be in this right. place.
1: To I'm gonna start first. for me. You dropped.
2: I mean, I grew up in the South, so, I mean, and growing up in Charleston, South Carolina, it was very homophobic, very Republican, and even though I wasn't out of the closet, I kind of knew a little, so I was living a straight life. But they were a place that people could go to and get support and be able to be recognized who they are and be accepted. That wasn't a choice. And so, by doing the center, and even when I moved here years ago, to Oakland, Um, I lived in San Francisco for a year. I was a traveling nurse, I lived there for a year, and I didn't feel, to be honest, I did not feel welcome. San Francisco was always known as the gay Mecca. And even from the south, I always wanted to go visit San Francisco. Mm -hmm, And when I got here, I was disillusioned. I was saying, wow, this place is like, it's separated, and, yeah. it's, and it's, I'll be honest, it wasn't a lot of people of color. Well, it's it and very outside.
1: racist, and it's, and it gets, it's probably so, still that way. We used But
2: to, I got experience I
1: had. I we used know, to have know. to go to, in San Francisco, if you were black, and you were gonna go to a club back in the 80s, uh, some parts of the 90s, You ha- they would always make us show three pieces of ID. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. What are in, in San Francisco, Francisco the yeah. leading most diverse, accepting.
2: No. Well, there are two clubs that's that being crazy. sued years. years ago, but there are two yeah. clubs. Toad Hall yeah, and, and,
1: um, and the Pendulum. The Pendulum. There were yeah, but schools. now the Pendulum. Yeah, is... Pendulum is Toad Hall. Toad now, Hall. And it was badlands. Badlands. They were. They were being. And sued. people
2: were being. And had so it, report was, report it was.
1: It was, and it, was it was. It was. very horrible. But back then, you, you, you accepted it because you wanted to go out and dance, yeah. and so. But what people didn't know is that Oakland was the black gay mecca of the Pacific, of the Northwest, mm-hmm. and so because of that kind of attitude, the way we were treated. Here's another thing for people who didn't realize, if my vo- from my voice that I'm a black gay man. <laughs> 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 um, uh, we this is also the first all inclusive, intergenerational, multi ethnic center. Uh, created by African Americans. That's for you know for everyone. Amazing. And so what so and now I'm gonna go back to how that may have happened. I mm-hmm. I I know you asked another question, but it's gonna kinda I'm gonna weave it in. There. All right. Um, when 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 we first got here, this city was very African American. It was about fifty two percent African American. Right now it's about 28% African-American, so that was a huge drop in a short amount of time. So the gentrification and the the, the explosion of the tech industry here has outpriced uh, people who were working class, more working class gay people, and you know, LGBTQ people here. So this lake used to be a very different place. Um, and Jeff and I are from that time so we were leaders and and working in the community so it kind of makes sense that this center would be founded by African Americans because of the history yeah uh, and um, when I when I think back, Jeff and I both are military veterans he, we both served oh i did a lot. not know that yeah we're both 10 years 10 year vets you you're 11 11 you always want to get one up on me. <laughs> but he was in the military for 11. I was in for 10 years. And me, when I was young, I was very, very, I was a, I was into dance. But I was, and people did, used to call me sissy. And, um, in the military? No, when I was <laughs> young. Okay. <laughs> in the military, they called me girl. No. <laughs> you have to understand when we were in the military back then, no, there was I no do No, no there I was not do- even do There wasn't donuts when I first went in. So when I first went in, it was very gay. Yeah, yeah I was in the eighties. So I mean, I, I in the eighties, there wasn't that. So there were. It was a gay free for all, like. I remember getting processed in by some of the the, the most effeminate <laughs> men I had ever seen. Mm-hmm. And they were like, okay, put your stuff there, put your clothes there, take off your underwear and turn around. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was like, let's go. But then when Don't, don't Ask, yeah, Don't Tell, tell came, mm-hmm. then it changed and I was like, I'm getting, you know, I left the military in 1988. Mm. So for me, I, I was done. Yeah. Um, but it's the story of you know like the, the the what really propels me to do this work isn't I'm gonna I have to say it wasn't because I'm gay it had nothing to do well it did have something to do with it but it had to do with the fact that my son almost was taken away from me and so when I left the military I came out as a gay man and my son's mother, who was a really cool person, I and who I loved, uh, but um, she was, um, you know, we had joint custody. So I moved to California. She was back in Michigan, and um, while he was with me here, she was killed in a fire. So I found myself in a situation where I was became a single. I mean, I was a, well. I was already a sole parent, but, but it was it was just shocking, and I, and I re- and thinking that I was going to be supported, her family turned on me, and they decided that their grandchild, their nephew, their cousin would never be raised by a gay man, even if it if that man is his father. So I was thrust into a legal Legal situation that was not good for the 90s. And I remember a friend of mine saying, Joe, you're a man, men don't win (laughs) battles about children. They don't, women do. Uh, So uh, you're a man, you're a black man, (laughs) and you're gay. None. What does black have, it have okay. to do with? that? See, you don't know because you're white. But <laughs> I'm serious. Being black is a monster, and and I'll tell you more about. It. We don't. We probably don't have time for that. Yeah, but <laughs> maybe but let, another, but another time. Maybe we'll table right. that topic. But but what we will talk about is let me let me finish this story because it has it's directly related to the center. So when my um, when so those three things. And I was like, wow. I, and, I was, and then I got a letter saying that I need to surrender my son to social services. So there was not support for gay people to be parents. Yeah. And so the day, I will never forget this, the day that I was to surrender my son, um, I got a call from a, a friend who said, Joe, uh, don't surrender your son. And I was like, I thought he had got like a great attorney or something. And I and um, he said, don't surrender your son. Stay by your phone. <laughs> I just remember he said, stay by your phone. And so I, I stayed by my phone all day. I didn't even go to work. I just stayed by my phone, because I was wondering who is, what, who is this attorney? And then so the phone finally rang, and when I answered it, it was Oprah Winfrey. And so I said, she said, Joe, we, we know about your situation, um, and we, we'd love to have you on the show. We're sorry this is happening to you. What can we, uh, but can your, will your mother come on the show with us? Will, will she come with you? Yeah. And I said, well, my mother is very religious, and she's very homophobic, um, and I don't know. And they said, well, can we get her number? So I gave them the number. They called her. She hung up on them. She hung up on Oprah. Uh, yes. They called. She, Oprah called me back and said, "Joe, please um, call your mom because she she hung up on us." And I, so I called her. I said, "Hey, mom, uh, did you just get a call from anyone?" And so uh, she said, um, "Yeah, some fool called her." saying they were Oprah. I said, well, that was Oprah. (laughs) And then Oprah said, hello, Mrs. Hawkins, and my mother just screamed. And she's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And and she asked her, "Will, will you come on the show? And my mother said, well, I have to check with my church because she's very religious. And she said, and if the pastor says it's okay, and Maybe, and so then they, the church said, "Okay, just make sure you say Peace Baptist Church on national television." Yeah, which she did, and um, then then we were. I was launched onto all these national talk shows. That's amazing. So that was the first time in history, not even just a black man, but any gay man yeah. had ever been featured on a national television show fighting for his right to keep his child. And Oprah, on Oprah. On Oprah. The God. The God. The Queen. And so after, after that, um, of course I I raised my son here in Oakland. Yeah. I have three grandchildren now. So that fight, I never stopped fighting. So for me, the, the Oakland pride, I've done a lot of stuff in, in this community, but it's always been. I never wanted another LGBTQ person to f- f- be in a situation where the government or somebody could take their child because they're gay. So when, even when we're here at the family meetings and I get to see the kids and the parents that, that we have, it made, one, the first family meeting we had here, I cried like a baby. Like, it was it was embarrassing kind of cry. And I was like, and they, they all, all the parents kind of got around me and hugged me. And because it was like, wow, I wish I would have had this. Yeah. You know, I wish I would have had this. And so now we do.
0: Well, thank you for paying it forward. That's yes. amazing. I want Oprah to run for president, for the record. I thank her every day. She changed my life. Awesome. So tying it all back kind of like to the personal, one of the things that we like to do on the show is talk about career advice, best practices, inspiring quotes. Do you guys have any books or any wise piece of advice that you've learned over the years that you could pass along to maybe an aspiring entrepreneur or somebody who's maybe coming out of high school or college and looking to get started in their career?
2: For me, just stick by your passion and know what you want. I mean, there are going to be a lot of people who going to throw ideas at you and stuff, but your heart tells you to do something and you feel good about it. I always say that, you know, when you wake up in the morning and you're passionate about something, you, all you do is think, eat, sleep, this type of thing, then that's what you should be doing. You shouldn't be like doing something because your parents did it or your uncle did it or family or friends or the community tell you you should be doing it. You should do it because you believe in that strongly. It's not about the money, it's not about the fame, it's about what you bring into yourself, your inner peace into the community. Mm-hmm. So that's how I feel. I
0: love that. It rubs off on other people, doesn't it? Yep. You bring that good energy. That's, that's
1: very true. I think that I also, what I like about Jeff is, when he, Jeff makes me feel happy. Like his energy is just so... Um, say that. It, no, but he does. And I I love him with all my heart. Like, I really do love him. And when people make you feel good... Yeah. I love Maya Angelou's quote. People might... They might f- forget what you said. They might even forget what you did. <laughs> but they'll never forget how you made them feel. Totally. And that is, I think, Jeff's... Uh, energy is very infectious in that way whereas i might be i can probably talk about my life and speak and maybe inspire people in that way but jeff's just the way he is in general is so he's so uh, loving basically he's just loving and that's really been the environment of the center you know yeah that i mean that
0: characteristic is a testament to the center. Like, exactly. So that's. Really
1: I, I lo- and it inspires me to be more loving. It inspires, you know, when you have, walk into a space and you're here with white people, Asians, Latinos, <laughs> trans people, yeah. and we're all kind of like, all just. It's like nothing. We're like on the Star Trek Enterprise. Didn't you tell <laughs> me? Didn't you tell me
0: that the press came here and they were like, "How did you get such a diverse?" <laughs> yeah, title? yeah. The Advocate, advocate. was like, how, advocate. "How did you phone yeah.
1: interview?" You... Yeah, yeah, we had the uh, <laughs> uh, interview with the Advocate, and they they said, "How did you guys get so diverse?" You know, you look <laughs> at the pictures. It's just like, and uh, we said. We live in Oakland, and I mean, again, Oakland is the most ethnically diverse city in America, and you know when you walk down the street, you can tell, everywhere we go, we see it. And so, we're fortunate. Yes, Everywhere doesn't have that, Mm
2: -hmm. you know?
1: Pockets of America, but it's a very rare thing to experience, and uh, we're just
0: fortunate. Awesome. Well, anything else that you wanna say to listeners about the center or about your own personal journey or maybe career advice parting words of wisdom
1: I have no quote I was I, I already said mine no that's okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm
2: just a, he said this. no no but I want to you know I read this to you the other day but oh, I got yeah. this little quote and yeah I, I just love it I just yeah no I,
1: I love it I love sharing books I love oh, sharing yeah, yeah. quotes um, like uh, there's a um, the the editor of Essence magazine, uh, Susan Taylor. I swear, through all my hard times, I I would I bought her book, Lessons in Living, mm-hmm. and I still use all. I read it because she was a parent. And she was starting the magazine, and that was powerful to me. And she has all these little inspirational quotes. And I that 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 for me as a gay man who was a parent, who I have a I might over identify sometimes with women, because I was a parent, um, and uh, but her her stories her life stories were very inspirational. And plus, she was a, a career person, so.
0: So
2: I love Susan Taylor. Love it. And I like read um, self-help books, but this one is from my favorite movie of all time, *The Wizard of Oz*. And at the end, um, it's, it goes like this: the heart is judged, not the heart is judged by not how much you love, but how much you are loved by others. I love See, that.
1: He's smiling. He can <laughs> See, he's smiling. No, because That's
2: it says a lot, People, You know, work. it's like when you know that you putting your energy out there. It's not. You're giving love is how people receive it, right? You know, and people receive it when you know that you're just giving from the heart and not looking to get something back. I mean,
1: you, you know? we we love um, giving people love. Yeah, we love letting it come through, and we're not afraid to do that. And
0: it shows
1: just yeah. in your actions as
0: well, all the things that you're doing for the people in Oakland, yeah. LGBT allies and educating people. I think I'm so excited to see where it's going to go. So thank you guys so much for your time today and for welcoming me into your center. Thank you for being here. I'm excited to be a part of it. All right. Awesome. All right.